I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Never in your wildest dreams. Never in your wildest dreams. In your wildest. You can hear the loudest screams coming from inside the screen. You a wild bitch. Tell me what I got to do to be that guy. She said her price go down. She ever fuck a black guy or do anal or do a gangbang. It's kind of crazy. It's all considered the same thing. Well, I guess a lot of niggas do gangbang. And if we run trains, we all in the same gang. Runaway slaves all on the chain gang. Bang, 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 bang. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on Sunday after some technical difficulties uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. Look like we wasn't going to have no internet. I know. I, we if we get up early on Sunday so we can go like shopping, get chicken wings and shit like that. And I woke up and turned the TV on and none of the channels was working. I was like, hey, hey, what's up? What's on with this damn TV? Mm-hmm. My internet wasn't working, but uh we back though you know we are on fleek and ready to start this yes we is um but uh this is the blackout tips podcast you can find us on itunes stitcher radio podomatic just search the blackout tips will come up and uh we appreciate everybody who does stuff like go out on itunes and stitcher radio and leave us five star reviews that's really cool uh, we also appreciate you guys who go to theblackouttips.com, sign up for a premium membership, donate to the show, recurring or one time, totally up to you. Um, uh, definitely helps the show out tremendously and, uh, keeps us, uh, afloat, um, financially as well as just keeping the podcast going. Um, the official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme. And today's podcast is brought to you by tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com the maker of very fine earbuds that you can listen to your podcast you can listen to uh you know so much stuff on uh you know your music um a lot of you guys you just took trips to, for thanksgiving mm-hmm. you had to sit there and you listen to your aunt complaining about how men ain't shit you listen to your uncle tell you how the women ain't shit you listen to single people talk about how you know they 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 they, they, they just lonely you listen to the married people talk about how they miserable okay you listen to the kids they too fucking loud you know what you need you needed some earbuds guys okay yes you did maybe you could take us with you maybe you listen to us all the time while you're cleaning up your house or why you you know you put us on your stereo or you put us in your car but you can't do that why because look kids is around your your racist uncle is around your, your grandmama <laughs> your really conservative grandmama is around but if you had some nice earbuds okay you could put them in your ears and you can listen to that shit you could just veg out with auntie rod auntie karen and uncle rod it's fine we we appreciate that. So go to tweakedaudio.com and get you some earbuds because Christmas is coming and yeah. you got to do this shit all over again. Right. Okay. In a few more weeks. You ain't going to have a man and a baby and a kid and all this shit by, and a house and all this by the time Christmas comes. So you might as well have some earbuds and be prepared to block them motherfuckers out, man. Okay. So yeah, you can go to tweakedaudio.com, put in code TBGWT. You get 33% off of your earbuds. You get free shipping and it comes with a lifetime guarantee because these problems will last you a lifetime. You don't get right. to pick your family. Okay. You get to pick your friends, you mm. get to pick your nose, but you don't get to pick your family. Nope. So make sure that you go to tweakedaudio.com, code TBGWT so that you can at least ignore them and have a peaceful Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. I know some of y'all was on those road trips and people was picking whack-ass music you hate. Right. Could have put the earbuds in. Been chilling with Rod and Karen. 
you'd have been more happier on the trip mm-hmm. could be jamming talking about i'm not gay no more you know but instead you you're stuck um anyway let's talk about the news and all this stuff man hopefully everybody had it. good thanksgiving all right we did it's just me and karen today so we can get right into the different articles and stuff uh what segments should we do first um i guess we'll start with uh i guess we should talk about some ferguson shit yeah stuff keeps going on yes karen what were you gonna say yes yes because right now ferguson is fucking with black people so that's all the whole segment to me like until Mm. something else happened i want to combine that shit oh okay all right well we'll see what happens with that um uh so where's my thing oh okay yeah darren wilson the police officer who shot and killed michael brown is now saying he will resign uh he has uh resigned uh from the ferguson police force said it's the hardest thing i've ever had to do me you and justin talked about this and i was like justin where is he really gonna work for and who would let him work and what you know you're going out into the community and you've already shot somebody and it's just one of those things where the community depending on the community would not respond well so yeah you're gonna have to go to just a whole nother area yeah and i mean he had to resign i don't even think he can be a police officer anymore i mean either it's it's so weird when you say it's the hardest thing you have to you ever ha- i have ever had to do it's like you took someone's life right it's the only i guess getting over that was easy you know completely guilt-free everything's fine with that mm-hmm. he said i'm resigning of my own free will i'm not willing to let someone else get hurt because of me the hardest thing i've ever had to do the only thing i've ever wanted to do is be a police officer it's it's crazy because it's like what what was going to happen to him anyway though nothing he could have stayed i mean on the there's, force a, there's always this idea that black people are so organized they're gonna get everybody back but we're just people like everybody else correct you know if somebody wants to get this dude they'll get him whether he's a civilian or a police officer it won't matter correct um look at george Zimmerman. he's never been a police officer and he's still walking around free and uninjured and still getting in trouble still causing problems not 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 no one's coming after him he's out here fucking willfully fucking with people so mm-hmm. um you know uh but he says i darren wilson hereby resign my commission as police officer with the city of ferguson effective immediately i've been told that my continued employment may put residents and police officers of the city for of ferguson at risk which is a circumstance that i cannot allow for obvious reasons i wanted to wait until the grand jury made the decision for i officially made my decision to resign it was my hope to continue in police work but the safety of other police officers and the community are of paramount importance to me it is my hope that my resignation will allow the community to heal. I would like to thank all of my supporters and fellow officers throughout this process. Well, I guess he can live off of that money that so many people sent him so that he could, you know, profit from the murder of I mean, the death of a kid that he killed. Um, somebody in the Washington Post, Sally Cohn, K-O-H-N, wrote a What White People Need to Learn, Need to Know and Do About Ferguson. Uh, it's talking about white privilege and all the thing that white people can learn from it and uh you know that white privilege is automatic it's not something that you know you have to like um, turn on and off and you don't have to right. defend it you know mm-hmm. if, you know that's a choice um so uh let's go to the comment section and see what people think about it 
I noticed that to mention Miss Cone's religious affiliation influence of her white Christian American bashing is to get you a comment deleted. Oh no, you can't mention the chosen ones complicity in migrant hate towards white chosen ones, Jews. I'll say she's a Jew, Karen. Hey, you can't mention that. Uh, ripple 79 says there's none so blind as those who will not see proud Texan two says the comments are a great proof of this article's pudding though i have a feeling that irony is wholly lost on the commenters themselves mm. uh so those two comments are good um let's see uh i love how the people who just can't stand this article seem to be of the one type race party amazing how they can come to grips that these are indeed issues to address yeah i agree with that person man who is sally cone and why is the washington post assigned so much credibility to her opinions that they publish us so often. Will someone please tell me, please? Mm. I'm looking forward to Cone's future pieces on what blacks, Muslims, etc. need to know and do. It's always the same writers who call out whites for white privilege while ignoring the choices that people make which contribute to that situation. By the way, Cone admitted, omitted black-on-black -black murders, which occur more frequently than killings by police. Also, her neglect... Uh, comments on Katrina are not supported by the $142 billion spent by the federal government to areas impacted by the storm. If Cohen and the comp and company really want an honest conversation on race, start by being honest about all the facts, not just those that support your narrative. What a pile of tr steaming manure this article is. I'm sick of being held responsible for cr this crap. Blacks, stop having children out of wedlock. Goes for everyone. Get married, strengthen your families, get an education, show that you care about your community. Vilify gangs and racist rappers. Stop reliance on government. Work hard instead of hardly work. Uh, is, ignore the race hustlers profiting from your anger and misery. You want jobs? Vote for people who want America to be the engine of the world. Whites have had it up to here with the excuses. Um... Uh, so he also says, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, someone says, um, combined with the Washington Post, other articles about Ferguson, we have a true picture of the paper's bias. Someone said, and know yours as well. And now right. yours as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not wrong to be white. That's a quote from the article. Thanks for clearing that up. After your entire article has tried to convince everybody that the exact opposite is true, I'm sure the poor white people of this country, demographically the poorest or the poor, are basking in the glow of their white privilege. And of course, as Mrs. Cone, as Miss Combs knows, there are absolutely no wealthy African Americans in the USA. This article is so unbelievably racist and offensive on so many levels. Yeah, the percentage of rich black people <coughs> compared to the percentage of rich white people okay well the absence or um presence of money isn't proof or not proof of white privilege that's no stupid. no it is not that's not what the article is talking about it's not mm -hmm. what white privilege is it's not just having access to mm -hmm. money or and, not having access to money and because we want to put race and money together you cannot always tie this together because there are are poor white people who have white privilege there are rich white people who have white privilege there are poor black people who call a nigger there are rich black people that are called a nigger it does not matter when it comes to these standards and a lot of people who have this this thing they better realize um white americans with a high school education lives in the same communities as black people with college educations and you mean to tell me that there's not a that there's not an issue with that 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Where does responsibility into this conversation, such as not burning and looting your own community? Um, white privilege does wasn't enough for Elizabeth Warren. Sally, who scammed the affirmative action program for years to advance herself in academia, yet for you Democrats made her a senator, talked to her as presidential, talk of her as presidential material. Now tell us again about your respect for blacks and minorities and convince us that you're not trying to use them again to stir up hate and resentment for political gain. You know, it's funny when you hear people talking and a lot of times they don't even realize that when they talk, they're already coming from a hateful place and a privileged place. And it's one of those things where they're so privileged that when you tell them about their privilege, they get mad to just even acknowledge or spoke about. Because in their mind, there's no such thing. Oh, it doesn't exist. Or all this shit that you're talking about, this is a privilege. It's not our fault. It's your fault that you've been held down. It's your fault for 400 years of slavery. It's your fault that uh, economically... Uh, your communities have not been able to grow. It's your fault that uh, you don't work hard enough. All that is your fault. It's your fault. And that's all I hear when people say this. It's like you want to have a conversation, but how can we kind of have a conversation when you don't even want to acknowledge the whole root of the problem? Yep. Um, remember we talked about Saturday about President Obama. Um, by the way, I found an article from September that talked about how much more and how much he was talking about Ferguson and what he was saying about um um police and how that needs policing in this country needs to change mm-hmm. people don't care like they, they already oh, no. they mad and they just think what they think it doesn't matter what the truth is so uh but i just thought that was interesting like i posted that link on my facebook page uh went to bed overnight somebody responded to that shit like five times all by themselves like getting like first they said nobody was saying that and i was like well you know my timeline i saw a lot of people saying that president obama doesn't care about you know ferguson and black and black people and shit yes sir and then uh then they went on to basically say he doesn't care so i was like okay so you said nobody was saying it now you're saying that he what that now you believe he doesn't care so you're one of the people that was saying it like Stop being crazy and keep crazy off my page. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm very particular about that on uh, Facebook. I don't really have, you know, the problems because I don't have many people following me as you do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where I have no tolerance for craziness and I have no tolerance for stupidity mm-hmm. on my social media platforms. I, I just don't. I don't mind the jokes and all that stuff. But when it comes to certain things, especially when you talk about real topics, uh, topics that I personally take to heart, or topics that I uh i'm very very passionate about i don't have time for stupidity it's not my job nor my responsibility to teach you civics it's not my job nor my responsibility to teach you common sense yeah um so chris and i and my the reason i was saying that i really don't like a lot of this shit is because to me you sound the same as fucking republicans yep which are like i'm so biased i can't possibly view this as unbiased shit and it's just like why turn the man into something he isn't if you have a problem with him that's fine but can we not turn it into something like someone's like you know he went on tv and got mad at the protesters no he didn't no he didn't i watched all those fucking press conferences the same way you watch it he didn't ever appear to be angry or upset at the protesters he actually can't really be angry or upset because he's black and people don't allow him to be or else they fucking flip out on the dude like he's the craziest person in the world because he happens to be black and hold the office of president 
Right, and also, truthfully, I think a lot of these people ranting and raving. What I realize about uh, social media and just people in general, the most loudest people are the most uninformed people. The people that's yelling from the high top, uh, from the mountaintops, and the people that's constantly telling you their opinion and voicing how they feel. They, uh, a lot of them lack um, critical thinking skills, and a lot of times they just read headlines or click and hear the first five minutes, but they don't really go into in depth about anything and make assumptions based off of what they're reading on their personal time line and the anger on their personal timeline versus uh going and finding out this information for themselves yeah they've already made their minds up correct so, you know it is what it is like he, you know you don't get he can't possibly be right he can't possibly be uh you know care he can't po- like they've already decided so it doesn't matter with you know what his comments are it doesn't matter what his actions are it's just all you know bad shit so Anyway, I'll say all that to say I was trying to caution people like, well, you know, there's another side of the country that's actually represents a lot more of the country than we do that thinks he's a radical uh, dictator who is a, you know, a socialist, uh, all this other shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Asked about the violent protests in Ferguson, Missouri, New Jersey Governor Christopher Christie, Chris Christie says that people across the country are deeply anxious because of a lack of leadership and that President Barack Obama is at least partly to blame. This is the bullshit I'm talking about. And it's one of the reasons I don't want to hear. But you sound like them to me, is what I'm saying. Like, to to me, you might as well be him. Yeah, yeah, he the reason. Like, he part of the reason that this shit is bad. Like, so what, what, what is he supposed to do? Cause he's president right now. There's really nothing he can do Mm-mm. about racial injustice, which our fucking country was founded upon. Correct. He's not going to be able to solve it by himself today. You know, there's no one action. You know, uh, the person that was upset about him on Facebook was like, well, why don't we, why don't he just appoint special prosecutors in the cases of all these, uh, shootings where a black person gets killed by the police? Um, and I was like, you know, one, he sends Eric Holder, he sends feds in. Feds are the people who appoint special prosecutors, by the way. Um, so those, those steps have already been taken. If that will happen or won't happen, that's not up to him. He doesn't solely make that decision. Correct. But, okay, let's say he only starts doing that for the murders of innocent black people or quote unquote innocent, cause we don't actually know that. You know, you don't know until you investigate that the people are innocent. So suspect black, like someone black gets killed by police. He said, uh, he sends in special prosecutor and all this shit. Um, you really think the rest of the country going to look at that? Like, Oh, that's okay. Mm-mm. They're not, they're not going to say, Oh, this is the most, Oh, now he's being racist. He's a dictator. Uh, he's, he's, uh, going around only caring about these black cases. He's only going around. He's trying to usurp the local jurisdiction and all these people. Like it, it all this shit works two ways. None of this shit is one way, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Christie made the remarks as he talked to reporters about the aftermath of the grand jury decision not to indict police officer Darren Wilson in the shooting death of 18 year old Michael Brown. The potential presidential candidate calls the situation in Ferguson tragic and says people have a right to protest, but they should be nonviolent. Asked if he is blaming Obama for the anxiety that he says comes from a lack of leadership. Christian responds that lots of people have responsibility for that, not just Obama. Okay. Yeah. The, he, he doesn't really have shit to do with it. It's not a lack of leadership. There's nothing he can fucking do about it. And they, they, want, they want him to know there's nothing you can do about it, in my opinion. Because uh, they're so willful. 
and i mean unless he's gonna send the military in there to kill some people <laughs> i'm sure that'll help his reputation out tremendously um all right let me see if there's anything else from uh ferguson before we move on because you know it was a lot oh yeah it's, uh, it's always a lot yeah hopefully that's all of yeah, it cause, yeah because yeah because most of the time um with a lot of that stuff uh like i said before i i need sanity and, yeah. and and my mind needs to be at peace and just constantly bombarding and watching this over yourself will literally drive you goddamn insane because it's one of those things where once it gets to a certain point there's only so much you can do so to keep my sanity i kind of distance myself to an extent from stuff i i'm aware and i'm alert but i don't need to know every single detail that that happens because to me personally i can't speak for nobody else but to me personally that's torture i can't do that to myself car plows through protesters during ferguson rally in south minneapolis the driver who lurched into a south minneapolis intersection packed with protesters tuesday was attempting to flee from the mob when he ran into a slight and slightly injured a 16 year old girl as others perched on the hood of his car. The driver, Jeffrey Patrick Rice, 40, was questioned moments after he drove through the crowd late Tuesday afternoon on eastbound Lake Street, um, and said, uh, police said Wednesday, when the case, that the case remains under investigation, uh, Rice of St. Paul was not arrested and no charges have been filed. Mm, that's amazing. You can run over somebody and people just go, eh. Mm-hmm. If you can shoot him and not get charged, what's running over? It's like a, his mother said in an interview that rice was coming home from work and he didn't even know what was going on when he encountered a group of several hundred people the protesters were blocking the intersection as part of a day of demonstration over monday's grand jury decision on ferguson missouri police shouted uh police shooting uh the girl um the, the girl who was run over by the horn blaring uh subaru station wagon was taken by emergency responders to regions hospital for minor injuries police withdrew her identity because she is a juvenile the victim's vehicle was damaged by a large group of people said the report released early wednesday while the driver was attempting to flee from the mob he struck a pedestrian you know what's funny is uh i wonder which in what order it happened the true like did he hit the girl and then it was like uh you know correct and and my thing is this it's even if you're in a soapbox um just you literally have to cut yourself off from all outform sources to not know what the fuck is happening honestly honestly mm-hmm. like you literally got to be a, nobody at your job nobody mentioned anything you didn't turn the radio like you literally in a box if you have no idea what and you see a goddamn mob and you feel like you know what i'm gonna drive through this motherfucking mob right Right. I'm gonna drive, even if, even if you don't consider it mob, it is a congregation of a lot of people. Find an alternate route. You chose to go through, you hit, I really think he was like, fuck these niggas, I'm riding through this, mm-hmm. hit this little girl, and they was like, uh, bitch, you gonna stay right here till the officers come. Like, I could be wrong, but I really think this was happening. Instead of him finding an alternate route, going another way, you know, because a lot of people complain about the inconvenience, but my thing is this, uh, the little four, five, six minutes, you know, holding up traffic, yes, that might inconvenience you, but you know what? Uh, when our children die, they don't come back. They're not inconvenienced. They're inconvenienced permanently. Right. They don't get to come back. They don't get to fuss. They don't get to complain. They, they, you know, they, they don't get to do an alternate route. Right. That, that option is, is stripped and taken away from them. 
the victim's vehicle was damaged uh see the the wednesday morning police report listed rice as a victim and the injured girl as a category marked other later in the day police changed the listing of rice to suspect they did not provide additional information or immediately respond to a request for comment hmm. so the dude who hit the girl victim the girl other <sighs> fucking this world rice driving history rice's driving history in minnesota includes three drunken driving convictions with the most recent coming in 2003 uh he's also been convicted of driving with an open liquor bottle and driving after his license was canceled in violation of restrictions placed on his license the most recent of these came in 2008 all of rice's convictions have been for misdemeanors or gross misdemeanors his sentences have included fines and probation along with stints either in jail or the workhouse State officials said Rice has a valid driver's license. Rice's encounter with the demonstrators unfolded within a few steps of the police department's third precinct headquarters, and much of it was captured on the Star Tribune video. Additional video from KSTP TV uh, shows that Rice paused behind a vehicle stopped in front of him, then steered to the right around that vehicle and drove slowly into the crowd blocking the intersection. There were three people on the hood of his car as he knocked down the girl. So I guarantee you, he 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 didn't want to wait to right. go through. Right. So he was like, "Fuck it, I'll just slowly nudge myself through." Correct. People were hitting his hood, like, "Hey man, what the fuck are you doing?" Right. And then he was like, "Oh," and ran into the girl. Correct. After the girl fell to the pavement, the crowd erupted in screams. Some people pounded on the windshield and the windows while the car was stopped momentarily. Rice then moved forward again, knocking down a few more people. The TV video shows. But yeah. but we're not charging him, though. He's the victim, Karen. Gia Ibrahim uh, said she was one of the protesters hit out the rice for Zoom moving. She said she moved in front of the car to join the others who were trying to lift a tire off of the team and pull her to safety. My head was in front of the bumper, said Ibrahim, 24. I ended up at the bottom of everybody. The people who were on the hood of the car, she continued, didn't jump on the car because they wanted to. They got hit, and it was a natural reaction to get on the hood. Despite the momentary mayhem, Ibrahim said, I just wanted, I just want people to know that the rally was peaceful. Soon after leaving the intersection, Rice pulled over and called 911. Police spokesman John Elder said Wednesday, no one else was, was hurt. City officials said Wednesday the organizers do not, did not need a permit to hold their protests despite concerns about the potential disruptions to traffic. Elder said police were still actively investigating the incident before turning the case over to Hennepin County Attorney's Office to de- decide whether charges were appropriate. On Monday before the Missouri grand jury decision not to indict Ferguson uh, police officer Darren Wilson for fatally shooting teenager uh, Michael Brown, Minneapolis Police Chief Janie Hartu or Harto made an effort to strike a balance between respecting free speech and keeping the public safe. We believe it is very important for the public to be heard on this matter as part of the democratic process, and we realize that law enforcement community needs public support to be effective. We ask for everyone's help in maintaining a safe and secure city while respecting private property. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, this motherfucker ain't had no business going through that goddamn crowd, period. He he just shouldn't have went through the crowd. Sounds like he was wrong to me. Right. I'm not really sure how there's a way to spin that where he wasn't wrong. Nobody nobody else did this. Everybody else found a way to go around or just stop or just, you know, like you do a train. You just wait till you get to the last person and then resume whatever the fuck you was going. Word. You was like, fuck it. I'm just going to. And you really didn't think that. 
you doing that just says that you just didn't give a fuck about what's happening and i do not believe that you had no idea and this shit happened in your city you mm-hmm. had no motherfucking idea why these people were there and why they were walking I, I i don't believe you were just that fucking oblivious to everything happening in your city yeah um i think i think it's pretty obvious that um you know i think it's pretty, pretty obvious what that motherfucker was doing right thought i was just gonna drive through it correct Period. Uh, Twitter usage of the N-word spiked 316% after the Ferguson uh, ruling. I believe that. Uh, as you might have grasped from other stories coming out, um, uh, people on social media can be pretty awful. But they've mapped a singular spike of awfulness. Analysis gathered from a randomized survey of 10% of all tweets shows that around the grand jury decision, uh, 10, you know, 9 p.m. Eastern Monday, uh, use of perhaps the worst epithet in American history spiked 316% over its average usage in the four-day period beforehand. Now, this graph does not account for context, only frequency. A quick review shows that many people protesting the decision and treatment of African Americans may have well contributed to this significant spike as well. Several instances spoke about how the first time they were called the N-word made them feel, as well as rapper Swiss. Did they mean Swiss beats? No, Swiss. Okay. Who the fuck is Swiss? Mm-hmm. He's okay. I don't know who Swiss is. Buy nigger iTunes now. Um, uh, okay. Okay. His single is called Nigger, and it's on iTunes right now. So maybe he was tweeting a lot. Must Released been. a new title whose ti- whose new single whose title uses that particular word liberally. So there's that. Nonetheless, over forty six percent of all instances of the N word were attached to the hashtag Ferguson. So it is absolutely part of national dialogue happening on online. However, it was being, however it was being used and whoever was using it, the term crested in a singularly complex and disturbing moment when perhaps gentler speech was called for in an ugly time, ugly words come out. So, uh, yeah, they said nigger 316% more times than normal after that. Um, what else was it? Oh, uh, the Canadian pro Ferguson rally um white people uh were asked to stay in the background Why? A, su- a suggestion that white and non-black protesters limit their visibility and stand behind black folks at protest tuesday in ottawa and toronto against the fatal shooting of black teen in ferguson missouri has sparked a heated debate on social media bill and art a-t-a-r-t-e one of Ottawa's event organizers says on the vigil's Facebook page that white non-black allies should refrain from taking up space and never be the center of anything. Mm. The same message appeared verbatim on the Facebook page for the Toronto rally asking whites and non-blacks to not speak to the media saying black voices are crucial to this. Art's post prompted more than a hundred comments with one man asking if there's an anti-racist rally or a pro-segregation one. Art deputy chairwoman for, the- yes, Karen. Mm-mm. Art Deputy Chairwoman for the Canadian Federation of Students says on her own Facebook page she's received upwards of 50 messages from righteous, upset white people taking issue with the post. The protests in Toronto and Ottawa following a decision Monday by a grand jury in the U.S. not to indict white police officer in the shooting death of an unarmed black man, 18-year-old Michael Brown. Um, the A riot followed and thousands of National Guardsmen have been called in to help prevent a second night of violence. The peaceful protests in Canada saw hundreds of demonstrators gather outside the U.S. consulate in Toronto shouting, being black is not a crime, and other slogans against police brutality, while others held a candlelight vigil. 
basically i don't want to live in a world where some lives matter and some don't said christina miniaki and ottawa dozens of people some uh some holding a sign saying black lives matter and racism exists right outside the american industry i mean it uh american embassy yeah this right here is more fucking white people yeah i actually do think that person was wrong i do too that, that's why i said fucking white people because the, the the thing about it is that you want as many voices to talk about this as possible regardless of the race creed color nationality and actually regardless of where you are in the world because i don't know why americans act like racism is only in america racism is all over the world and it's just one of those things where for the fact that other countries outside of the united states going we see what y'all doing but y'all want to police every goddamn body else about what they should shouldn't do when y'all can't even fix things in y'all own motherfucking place when y'all actually putting uh military force and pulling out tanks on your own goddamn citizens but yet you want to go around and try to tell other countries how to run they shit yeah so i absolutely have no problem with uh people being upset with that person i don't either because they were wrong i always think that it's weird the way the laws or not laws the rules are supposed to operate with quote-unquote allies it's one of the reasons i don't believe in allies and i don't want allies and i'll never be somebody's ally i'll be your friend right i'm still gonna be myself i'm still gonna be honest and i'm still gonna listen to you and give you the respect that you deserve but i will not follow any set of guidelines about how i should or should not like interact with you as far as like you know i can't have an opinion and i can't disagree with you because i'm a certain whatever like oh you're a man so you can't disagree with me because you're also relying on me to be able to understand you so that implies a certain level of respect that we need to have for each other not correct that can't respect can't be a one-way street you know i you know it's it's the reason that um i might have an issue with white people tm sometimes uh but i but i i still would never be like well this now i don't want any white people to be my friend or now i don't want any white people at my house or now i don't want because that's that's bullshit like right that you know they have opinions too and if i respect them in as a friend they're gonna be allowed to voice and share their opinion even when we disagree like correct it doesn't mean that like we can't even have a conversation if we don't start sometimes with the disagreement sometimes unfortunately it's where you have to start with hey i disagree with this and then we can talk it out and some of the best understanding i've ever gained in my life has come from disagreements where i didn't understand why a woman felt a certain way but then we talked about it i'm like oh okay i got it but i'm still not gonna be your ally i'm not gonna like roll through these rules and these roadblocks and you know hey a man should never be allowed to speak because you know what sometimes you do need that shit you know right sometimes some of the best lessons i learned in my life have come from people where it's been like you would think on a sheet of paper they shouldn't have said shit to me like hey i'm angry and i'm black and you white so shut the fuck up and it's like well have you thought about this thing you're like fuck you know what that might help me get my goal accomplished too correct and sometimes i think some people can be so single minded when it comes to them and their agendas and what they're trying to do that they go fuck everybody else when a lot of times nobody can accomplish anything alone if you have a goal that's larger than you you need help you if you're a woman and you're fighting for feminism guess what you need men on your side because anything that has ever been overthrown by a group of people 
people outside of the minority group has had to goddamn care. What about that don't people understand? People that this issue does not affect them had to have empathy and sympathy and compassion to be able to reach people that maybe that minority group uh, couldn't reach or that the other people would not hear because of the uh, voice that it's coming from. And I do not understand how these people think when they come up with these issues that if you don't agree with me or if, or, or, or if you don't look like me or act like me, then fuck you. That is counterproductive to a goal that's larger. And when you're trying to do a goal that you're trying to reach or trying to push something for thousands of people, you're all not going to agree it's impossible. Yeah, I just think some people see the ally thing as like a power thing. And this is my chance to dominate over people I normally would not. So now I get to tell such and such group what to do, or if you want to help, you know, you need to deal with my, with, with, with my shit now. And I, I feel like it's not to me, it's just not about that. Like, no, it's not. And you know, by that measure, couldn't someone just as easily go, well, you're in fucking Canada. What you know about Mike Brown? Shut the fuck up. All of y'all. No, like I, they could, but I wouldn't support that. Because I want as many people talking about this as possible. Right. And and what people fail to realize, racism was in goddamn Canada also. They yeah. still got, they got some of the same motherfucking issues that we do here in the United States. They might not got as many people. They might be scattered across a larger area. But they deal with motherfucking racism also. And that cannot be erased. Yeah, that's not my point. What I'm saying is, even if... Like someone could come to them and be like, this is Mike Brown didn't happen to y'all. Right. The same way that you're going, Mike Brown didn't happen for white people. Like, yeah, y'all can be out here, but y'all need to be quiet. Don't talk to the press. You don't understand our experience. Our experience is so singular to us. You can't even like discuss what it means to you or try to help. You can only stand here and help in the ways we've deemed appropriate. Right. I'm saying if someone used that tact with them, they would be like, well, hold up. We got shit here that, and we're just trying to help and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right. You can't police everyone who's trying to help all the time. I'm not saying people are right just because they want to help. And I'm not saying there's nobody who ever gets out of pocket, but just saying you're white, you have to be silent or stand in the background on this is so counterproductive in my opinion. Yes, yes, it is counterproductive. And going back to what I was saying before about the racism, it's just one of those things where, where when you tell them, well, you're Canada, you don't understand. You're dismissing the racism there. That's my issue. Yeah, no, no, no. Nobody's saying that. Okay. I'm saying if I had, if anyone had the same mentality towards them, they could make this argument. Yes. Because their mentality is you're white. What the fuck you know about this? Shut, sit, sit down, shut up, sit in the background. Don't let the black people do all the talking. Black voices are the ones that are important on this, not yours. So just shut up. Don't make, don't try to be the center of anything. Make it about you. As they from Canada are being the center of something and making it about them and discussing it and contributing. People could use the same tactic towards them and say, Correct. and I'm saying they would be wrong to do that. Yes. And I think it's also wrong to tell these white people. Hey, don't talk to the media. Don't come out here and be at the center of any of these pictures. And like, it's okay, man. It's it's gonna be okay, guys. Just you know, correct correct behavior as it happens. Don't try to like you know predict the shit. And people haven't even done anything. Now you got people on the wrong, um, you know, got off on the wrong foot, and you got people angry 
to start off the whole conversation right and like somebody was saying in the chat room you're at you're literally like they they say that the ally checking and yeah. that that's a that's counterproductive and when it comes to injustice and when somebody sees injustice and they have empathy and sympathy in their heart it does not matter what color it's, it's white people that when they see certain people, friends and family do that, they speak out on it. When they see these things happen, they feel uncomfortable because they know that it is wrong. And a lot of times when people do that, you're making the assumption that they don't care. And that's the problem. Right. You're just making your own personal assumptions off your own biases. But what you fail to realize, people making assumptions about you and their biases cause the issues that you have. So why take those flaws that cause people to look at you a certain way and apply them to a group of people that are trying to help you that's counterproductive right so all right let's get into some other news um because that was basically ferguson um see uh actor shia labeouf claims that he was raped during his hashtag i am sorry performance art exhibit uh his i am sorry thing was his silent um because Shalabuzz crazy. Uh, he's, he's been insane. having problems for a while. Yes, he has. And his uh, silent art exhibit was him with a bag over his head to say, I'm not famous anymore, sitting in a room. Um, so he's been kind of off the deep end. He got accused of plagiarizing because he was plagiarizing a lot of people's work and putting it out as his own. Like, I don't know when he went off the deep end. Maybe this is what happened when you get Transformers money. You just be like, fuck <laughs> Lose it. Lose your mind. Um... But yeah, so speaking of Dave's Magazine in an email interview, he wrote, one woman who came with her boyfriend who was outside the door when this happened whipped my legs for 10 minutes and then stripped my clothing and proceeded to rape me. Um, He said the news of the incident traveled through the line of people waiting and reached his girlfriend. When she came in, she asked for an explanation. I couldn't speak. So we both sat with this unexplained trauma silently. It was painful. The piece was part of a wider series of performance art events by the actor triggered by what he calls genuine existential crisis after he was accused of plagiarism when he lifted portions of Daniel Crow's short story from a film he was working on. LaBeouf uh, wrote streams of bizarre tweets, quoting notorious apologies from famous individuals and hired a skywriting plane to etch an apology across the Los Angeles sky. He also wore a paper bag to the Berlin premiere of large, large run triers film Nymphomaniac and said he would be retiring from all public life as he gave this interview. In the day's interview, LaBeouf <laughs> seems to regret some of those responses saying, I am deeply ironic, cynical, I'm a deeply ironic, cynical person. I was raised on the Simpsons and South Park. It's my default setting. Our generation wants to change things. We want to have hope. We just don't know how or where to look. Uh, the assertion that he would withdraw from public life, he explained, the 80s and 90s fucked us. Our culture became a product to be sold, and anyone in the tabloid is a product, an object. American culture is just about blowjobs and golf. I want to take back ownership. Fuck the money. There was never the, that was never the impetus. I wanted purpose. His initial cynicism dissipated and he began performance art and earnest projects included hashtag start creating with further skywriters and running 144 laps around an uh, Amsterdam museum following the day's email, I mean, email interview. His and journalist uh, Amy Cliff's face to face interview was conducted in silence with each filming the other. In the emails, he also skirts further controversy in discussing in discussion of masculinity centered around his current second 
World War film Fury. Every primitive culture has a puberty ceremony where children become men. Jews still have it, but it's all religious nostalgia. I think the withholding of a puberty ceremony from young men in our society is a scheme which has been cunningly devised to make young men go to war. He jumped off the deep end. Yeah. He's currently going undergoing treatment for addiction following his June arrest or disorderly conduct and harassment after he interpreted a performance of Cabaret with obscene language. Watching watch the video. I'm sorry, performance people. I'm not watching this video. Me either. I just think he's crazy. Um mm-hmm. I don't believe him. Just put it out there like that. Um maybe some people do. Uh and it's not because he's a man. I just don't believe him because he's fucking crazy. I also don't believe Amanda Bynes' dad raped her either. Me either. Because you do so much crazy shit. It's like the boy cried wolf. At some point, I have to check out. Like, I know you said 17 other things that weren't true that were crazy. Uh, so I'm going to just walk away from this now. And box it all together, right? Yeah. And be like, like you the, know what? If it's true, I hope they find out. Yeah. When you're sitting around, the government put a, a chip in my brain to make me crazy. Also, my dad raped me. You're like, okay, uh, whatever you say, guys. I'm walking away. Right. Uh, an off-duty police officer is charged in a road rage shooting of a woman on South Loop. Oh. That's right. He was off work. Got into it with a woman. A major update on a story you saw breaking here a few weeks ago. A woman who was shot on the highway in a road rage incident. Tonight we've learned... Deputy Constable has been charged in that shooting. It happened on the 610 South Loop near Sella Link in southwest Houston. The woman managed to pull over and call 911 after she was grazed by a bullet. Tonight, she's speaking out after the arrest in her case. Anusha Rasta joins us live outside the jail in downtown Houston where that reserve deputy is being held. Anusha? Bill, the victim says she has a lot to be thankful for on this Thanksgiving day, and she's grateful for all the anonymous tips that helped catch her attacker. She has, however, asked us to conceal her identity in this story. I just started crying because I knew I was going to die. It was a heart-stopping moment for this Houston woman as she struggled to stay alive after a shooting on the freeway. I wanted to call my mom to tell her, you know, I love you. Houston police are accusing an off-duty reserve deputy constable with Precinct 6 named Kenneth Kaplan for shooting her in the head in a moment of road rage. I was just stripping, dripping, and dripping blood. She says Kaplan cut her off on 610 South Loop near Stella Link, so she honked her horn and tried to get around him. That's when police say Kaplan pulled out a gun, drove up next to her, rolled down his window, and fired. They say he had a woman in the car with him who leaned back as Kaplan shot. The bullet grazed the left side of the victim's head. And I saw his arm. He was aiming like this, and he was like, we made eye contact. The victim had to pull over and called 911. This is Sky 2 video of paramedics putting her into an ambulance. She left the hospital three days later with eight staples in her head. God gave me a second chance in life. She may have survived the attack, but she hasn't gotten behind the wheel since it happened on November 11th. Can you blame her? Scared to encounter yet another angry driver. I hope he gets what he deserves because I want him off the streets. HPD arrested Kaplan yesterday. He's being charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Kaplan is still in jail tonight on a $200,000 bond. Reporting live from downtown Houston, Anusha Rasta, KPRC Local 2. Anusha, thank you. The Harris County Constable. Crazy. And he had a female in the car with him. What did she do? 
Like, because, I mean, if you, I'm sure you're in the car and a motherfucker just pulls out a gun and starts shooting people. You got to come up with a whole new game plan, too. You better, because you, you all just became sudden, a fucking witness or accomplice. Right. And didn't even know it, especially if it was something where you didn't know that this was the fuck he was going to do. Damn. Kill somebody for cutting him off? Right. And, you know, and people are motherfucking crazy. This is one reason why I can't tell you last time I blew my horn. Like, when I'm mm-hmm. driving, I do not blow my horn. Like, I, sometimes I just sit. Nah, because I don't know what people are thinking about, what's on their mind. You know, because for some people, that sends them into a rage. And I don't want to be shot or killed or, or anything like that just because you snapped because you heard my goddamn horn. Yep. Um, a woman stabbed her boyfriend because he went in the uh, kitchen and ate some food early during Thanksgiving. Oh. A Pennsylvania woman. Oh, do you think she warned him? She said, motherfucker, I'll kill you if you go in here and eat this food before everybody else. Ah, bitch. Oh, well, she was she was telling the truth. She said, stay out of the kitchen. She meant that shit. That's what they all say. I mean, we we gave a warning before. <laughs> right. I think it was Wednesday when we said, hey, be careful. He didn't listen. Police say a Pennsylvania woman chased her boyfriend around the dining room and stabbed him in the chest because he started eating Thanksgiving dinner while she slept off a bender. Authorities say Jacqueline Blake confessed to officers who responded to her um, home Thursday. Officers found her boyfriend inside holding a towel over his chest. He was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. The 47-year-old Blake is charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, simple assault, reckless endangerment, and making terroristic threats. It wasn't clear if she has a lawyer. According to police, Blake's boyfriend says she'd been drunk earlier in the day and attacked him after waking up from a nap. He says she stabbed him and then threw the knife, striking him just below the left eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you something, man. Spirit of Thanksgiving uh, is probably closer to killing random people and taking a shit. And I, I get that. But um, that's not what we try to celebrate today. Try to celebrate Thanksgiving, like togetherness, family. Trying to stab a motherfucker is no way to end Thanksgiving Day. Mm-mm. No, no. I know he felt like the Cowboys after that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we whooped that ass. We whooped that ass, Cowboys fans. Oh, don't think I was going to let y'all slide. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's funny that, um, you know, she would think that, you know, togetherness and Thanksgiving is, you know, I'm going to stab this motherfucker. Yeah, this Thanksgiving for us was really, really good. Uh, It was more like a a frenemy thanksgiving it, it was, was a friendsgiving is what they were calling friendsgiving it. yeah because yeah, frenemy is that, that oh, my that's bad. the opposite that's a friend who's actually an enemy oh not no frenemy a, a, a friend's thanksgiving mm-hmm. and we had so much fun yeah my phone was down my family tried to call me but i was like you know what i sorry i missed y'all but i had so much fun and i believe it probably been a lot more fun to spend time with my family <laughs> that's sad but true yeah, we had fun. We went to my brother's house. They have a nice, lovely new house. And uh-huh. uh, hung out with them, man, and uh, watched uh, games. Uh, my brother's friend is a Cowboys fan. Uh, so got to watch the Eagles put it to his friend. And uh, I kept it very polite. Never talked shit. But I was partying. Oh, yeah, we, we had a good time. And I did call that Tony Romo interception to play before it happened. <laughs> I, I literally said, and here comes the interception. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you could. It and it was so much fun. I, I think for the fact that it was a like a 
a non-judgmental zone where you didn't have to deal with a bunch of shit. And I think that's what made it so relaxing and, and enjoyable to me. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Um. Speaking of people acting stupid, GOP staffer apologized for slamming the first daughter, Sasha and Malia. So, you know, the president has to do that bullshit where he pardons a turkey every year. Yep, every year. Well, now his daughters are teenagers, oh, Sasha and Malia. Right, and they're looking like, uh, we got to do this bullshit again. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're teenagers, man. Right, they're, just, they're teenagers. You know, they're, they're just looking like, you I know. I could be doing something else. Yeah, they're just looking like, to me, like kids, you know. Like, this is not the highlight of their day. Um, right, I'm ready to eat while, while we here. But they're still being respectful, listening or whatever. Their body language says one thing, but what you know? What is that supposed to mean? Yeah, look at Sasha, like they mama. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people on social media were making jokes and memes out of it and stuff. So this lady, who's actually a staffer for a GOP uh, candidate or some shit, wrote on Twitter. Her name's like Elizabeth. Uh, fuck is her name? Uh, Let's see. Congressman Representative Fincher's head of communications uh, is taking heat after scolding the president's daughters on Facebook um, uh, for how they were behaving at the turkey uh, pardoning ceremony. So this lady is actually the fucking um, uh, head of communications, which how the fuck do you get on Twitter and say on Facebook and say some stupid shit then? Right. You commute and you ought to know better than to do this bullshit and it's just one of those things where people put shit out there and they don't think shit is important and they're like well i say shit about them all the time and nothing happens honestly i just think it's funny because um it's so funny because these are the same people that went in on melissa harris perry till she apologized about her making a joke an obvious joke about the Romneys adopting a black child. Correct. Meanwhile, she's a black child who was adopted by a Mormon mother and raised in the exact same situation. So if anyone has the authority and perspective to make that joke, it's Melissa Harris Perry. Correct. But they would not be satisfied until she apologized. And she did apologize. And, you know, it was very upsetting to watch. I, you know, I still am kind of pissed off about it. But mm-hmm. these motherfuckers, I guarantee, celebrated that as a victory. Kids are off limits and all this shit, but not our, just our kids, not your kids. Your kids are, of course, on limits. We will be talking about them. So this lady writes, Dear Sasha and Malia, I get you're both in those awful teen years, but you're a part of the first family. Try showing a little class. By the way, I knew it was pet peeve. I hate people who address shit to people that will never see it. Right. You're not important. Stop doing this. Okay. Matter of fact, if they did see what you said, you would apologize and take it back because it's so fucked up. So stop writing these. Dear Kim Kardashian, dear Kanye West, dear Jay-Z, dear Sasha and Malia, dear President Obama, shut the fuck up. They don't know who you are and you really want it to stay that way. Dear Sasha and Malia, I get you're both in those awful teen years, but you're a part of the first family. Try showing a little class. Did she write this about the Bush daughters? That's what I'm about to say. I bet you you probably got unflattering pictures of them being irritated and yeah. shit like that from going to all these fucking functions, too. I bet she ain't type up one social media post for them strumpets. Not once. Mm-mm. Um, at least respect the part you play. 
lawton wrote on her facebook page then again our mother and father your mother our mother and fathers don't respect their positions very much or the nation for that matter lawton wrote keep in mind this is the people that everybody people still want president obama to like you know drop the hammer on ferguson with the military and shit okay they already think they don't respect america okay but that, that that'll fix it so i'm guessing you're coming up a little short on the good role model department stretch yourself she called the Obama girls rise to the occasion. Act like being in the white house matters to you. Dress like you deserve respect, not a spot at a bar. First of all, what's wrong with how they dress water for every drink. What You'll be amazed at how it can keep you from. Oh, stop. <laughs> what, 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 what is wrong with how they're dressed? Nothing. They're dressed like girls that are teenagers. The fuck is wrong with them? You know what I mean? Like, what am I, am I looking at something wrong here? Am I, am I, is this like not appropriate for girls to go out of the house in now? We're supposed to be wearing fucking pilgrim dresses with have, bonnets over them. And that it has something to say about that too. So we wearing a, a burka? They just said something about that too. It don't matter what the fuck they had on. Yeah. Uh, not a spot at a bar. Uh, she was immediately criticized for her comments towards the girls. And you know what happened next? The post was deleted and she issued an apology. After hours of prayer, many hours of prayer, talking to my parents and rereading my words online, I can see more clearly just how hurtful my words were. I don't believe that. Lawton wrote, I did like, I did, I like to apologize to all those who I've hurt and offended with my words, and I pledge to learn and grow, and I assure you, I, I have from this experience. experience. I, I don't believe that your motherfucking job is communication. Your job is talking. Mm-hmm. Put, putting your words on social media, uh, these other platforms, doing press conference. This is your goddamn job. I don't believe you. Yep. You know, not to mention, I mean, you didn't apologize to the girls. You wrote that fucking initial statement directly to them. Correct. So you gonna um apologize? Hey, I apologize. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Uh I know we're not supposed to be talking about children. Uh, per our rules that we gave when people talk about Sarah Palin. Yeah, and that's that basically that whole statement was like the internet got upset so I had to apologize. And it really took mil it took out many hours of prayer for you to reach this conclusion Mm-mm. and to talk to your parents. The fuck is wrong with your empathy button? My empathy center is broken. You know? I don't understand what they're trying to say, dog. Just don't be a dick. Stop writing dear such and such anyways. Everybody should stop doing that. It's a big pet peeve of mine. Dear people who write that, fuck y'all. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's fucking it's pretentious as shit. Um, more news. Uh did you guys know there are more payday loan lenders than there are mcdonald's in the united states i believe that because what do you mean you believe that that's supposed to be shocking karen Mm-mm. what mcdonald's want to kill millions and millions and they want to take money for millions and millions of poor they all on the same thing they taking their money mcdonald's is had a cholesterol high more than starbucks too karen now that's the most right shocking. there you go because it's starbucks on every corner a couple of years ago it was a starbucks across from a starbucks i know like <laughs> Uh, so payday lending in which users pay a fee for what amounts to an advance on their paychecks has blossomed over the past 20 years. There are now more than 20,000 across the country, according to the St. Louis Reserve Federal, uh, Federal Reserve, while McDonald's boasts 14,267 uh, locations. And I'm going to tell you why I wasn't surprised about the McDonald's. 
because states have had to pass motherfucking laws about how much the interest rates on these loans can be. They had to pass laws saying that you couldn't take two and three loans out at a time. Mm-hmm. They had to uh, pass laws restricting where they could be because majority of these are in poor, impoverished neighborhoods. You have more of these and you have fucking grocery stores in some neighborhoods. You have some on every other motherfucking corner. For those of you that don't pay attention, check out where your check cashing place is. I can guarantee you they are in the hood or at the top of a hood or at the end of a hood before you transition into another neighborhood. These were all, a lot of these places are. They target towards the poor. And a lot of these places are designed to take their money and a lot of them are designed where people can never ever pay them off within their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, pay, so yeah uh, they're used most often by people who lack access to ordinary credit right often those are at, at or near the bottom of the economic spectrum while nearly a quarter living on public assistance or retiring home or with nearly I'm sorry not wow with nearly a quarter living on public assistance or retirement home income retirement income not retirement home that's wrong while loans can fill a need for fast cash, they also can, also can become a way of life for users mm-hmm. who end up paying effective annual percentage rates of 300% right. or more. Right. And they're having a fit, especially here in the state of North Carolina, because they're trying to cap that shit. They was like, look, we can't have y'all, somebody paying 800 times the amount of the loan today i take out a 25 dollar loan i'm paying you back a thousand that yeah. makes no motherfucking sense we need usury laws uh consequently they've attached the t- attention of regulators they've attracted the attention of regulators politicians and economists why worry about those left behind um in a decidedly uneven i think they mean who worried they wrote why uh who worry about those left behind in a decidedly uneven economic recovery a large number of Americans are literally living paycheck to paycheck, said Greg McBride, chief financial anal- uh, analyst at bankrate.com. They're one unplanned, ex- they're one unplanned experience away from being in, in financial distress. McBride cited some sovereign statistics. 26% of Americans have no emergency savings. 41% say their top financial priority is simply staying current with their expenses or getting caught up on their bills. This is occurring even as the financial headlines trump new stock market highs by the day and President Barack Obama's administration touts the U.S. economy recovery, economic recovery. Americans that have access, uh, assets, man, what's wrong with my reading today? Americans that have assets <laughs> have seen the value of those assets appreciate, but Americans who don't have those assets, they're not feeling the recovery in their pocketbooks, Mm-mm. particularly at a time of stagnant income, McBride said. If you don't have those things and you haven't seen a pay increase, then you're no better off. You're no wealthier. Correct. And a lot of places, people haven't got a raise in since like 2011, 2010, when all this shit happened. And they want people to take the same pay and work twice as hard and do twice as much shit, but they don't want to pay you an extra motherfucking dime. The mean or typical payday borrower makes $22,476 a year. That's the average. So that means a lot of people taking these loans to make a lot less than that. Right. And they paid $458 in fees. However, a quarter of those borrowers paid $781 or more in fees due to repeat usage. Right. According to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which is closely monitoring the approximately $50 billion industry. Ooh. 
and will likely put forward more regulation. About 48% of borrowers had done 10 transactions in the CFPB's time sample, and 14% had more than 20 transactions. The median borrow amount was $350 for a 14-day term. Oh. Median fees were $15 per $100, per $100 which uh, uh, computes to an APR of 322%. Oh, so they give you three hundred and fifty dollars. It's about fifteen dollars it uh interest per um uh you know One. per hundred that you borrow. So it's like you paying back uh ex- like four hundred dollars basically. Um, and you, that's only that's over fifteen that da- fourteen days. So in two weeks you pay four hundred dollars back. Uh, in a in all if consumers, you didn't have a three something, well, well you're waiting till payday. Okay. You're gonna have the money. You're okay. waiting till payday. In all, consumers using payday loans were on the hook to lenders for 199 days, or about 55 percent of the year. And oh. it appears these products may work for some consumers for whom an expense needs to be deferred for a short period of time. True. The key for the product to work as structure, however, is a sufficient cash flow which can be used to retire the debt within a short period of time. Uh. However, these products may become harmful for consumers when they are used to make up for chronic cash flow shortages. We find that a sizable share of payday loan and deposit advanced users conduct transactions on a long-term basis, suggesting that they are unable to fully repay the loan and pay other expenses without taking out a new loan shortly after. True. So it's like, hey, this got me through September. Oh, I need a loan for the first two weeks of November. Or October. And a lot of that is because, honestly, their income is just not enough to meet whatever bills that they have. Right. They're just always floating by on credit. Right. So, yeah, more than fucking McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cr- That's crazy to me. Even if it's just so obvious to Karen, it's fucking insane to me. That's a lot. Now, I'm not saying that it's not a lot, but yeah, yeah. More than McDonald's? Shit. Like, McDonald's, the food takes five minutes to make and, you know, Four minutes to eat, like this, you know, like <laughs> a fucking loan seems like something serious that should take a while to take out, and a lot you just have to pass a lot of shit. But no, a lot of times is uh, this is how they get people. A lot of times there's no credit check mm-hmm. with a lot of this stuff, or a low credit check. Like you have to, you got a telephone number, uh, you got a job. A lot of times you're not verifying banking, checking accounts, banking accounts, or any of that information. Because a lot of times. Not all, but a lot of people that take out at these things don't have check-ins accounts. So a lot of these places are designed where it's a one-shop stop. You go in, you pay your telephone bill, you pay your cell phone bill, you pay your um, all your utilities kind of all all in this one spot. That's mm-hmm. how a lot of them are designed. And also, they were saying that they're having problems too with uh, companies. Uh, they own these places, not even their, um, I can say their centralized location is not even in the United States. And that's the problem. Like it might be a payday loan in Charlotte, North Carolina, but like if you church back to home company, it's over in India somewhere like that. And that's the problem that they're having too, because they're like, Hey, you, you're not even from here. You running this shit. You have to buy by our laws here. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just, I don't know. That's crazy. And now that is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I I forgot I was listening to NPR and they were literally talking about this situation and how for some people, yes, it's a short term. I get paid and then it's done. But for a large percentage of people, honestly, uh, what 20 something thousand, that's not no money. Like honestly, by the time you get taxed, 
you're making less than $400 a week. That's not a money. That's not mm. a lot of money at all. Uh, they're starting to suspend some frats because um, they're out of control these days. Uh, San Diego State University's Greek community announced Tuesday that they are indefinitely suspending all socializing at campus fraternities. By the way, it's always weird when they go Greek community because, you know, ain't no Greeks in these frats. Instead of partying, members of fraternities and sororities will undergo sexual assault prevention training. It was time to really address these issues, said J. Cole, president of Associated Students and Born Ass Rapper. <laughs> Cole and the presidents of four Greek leadership groups took these steps after a weekend that raised further concerns about sexual assault and campus safety. On Friday, a Take Back the Night march reportedly was interrupted by fraternity members yelling obscenities, waving sex toys, and hurling eggs at marchers. Saturday night, a woman reported she was sexually assaulted at a party near campus, the seventh such report this semester. Hours later, a 19-year-old woman reported that six men tried to pull her into a car, into their car near campus. Man, even Bill Cosby's shocked at this. Right? He's like, you ain't, you ain't drug him first? She escaped unharmed, but the accumulation of violent sexual incidents did not go unnoticed. Cole and the leaders of the Interfraternity Council, the Panhellenic Council, and the United Sorority and Fraternity Council, and the National Panhellenic Council consulted with university administrators and the Campus Sexual Assault Task Force. We met to figure out the steps we need to take to address the issues. In a joint statement, the groups pledged to educate members about sexual assault prevention and how to respond when witnessing dangerous behavior. Elliot Hirschman, the university's president, held the move. We must work as one community to create substantive changes necessary to end sexual violence on our campus, he said in a prepared statement. The steps outlined today are the beginning of what we must be of what must be a sustained effort to change attitudes, cultures, and actions. And the university is committed to working with and supporting our Greek community as it pursues these essential efforts. While this campaign next, uh, while this campaign's next steps will be charted after the trans, uh, Thanksgiving break, uh, Cole said campus leaders felt it was necessary to issue a firm statement this week. We take these allegations very seriously. We've seen this spike in sexual assault reports. Um, it may be that there's not more rape happening, said Jay Buckhaus, a SDSU lecturer and a sexual assault task force member. It may be that people are feeling a little safer coming forward. Correct. Rapes, he noted, have traditionally been underreported as victims have feared they would be ridiculed, mocked, or blamed for the crime. Mm -hmm. Overturning this rape culture is a goal of Frat Manners, a 10-year-old campus program that seeks to educate fraternity members to prevent violent or abusive sexual situations. I think they make an impact. The health educator teaching this semester's course, uh, Stephanie White, said, uh, I definitely know it impacts the students on an individual basis. Um, she noted the course involves a maximum of 35 students per semester, and the campus po- uh, population is actually 30,000. So, shit, that's a small impact, really. 35 students per semester get the, hey, don't rape people class. Right. Um, uh, you know, and I'm surprised. They'll never do this, but I'm surprised college campus don't make it mandatory for all incoming freshmen. Yeah, I think I they mean, only have the the scare class. No, I mean you know what I'm talking about, right? I know, I know, we're talking about two different things. I'm saying, I think right now they just do the look to your left, look to your right. One of y'all niggas getting raped, and one of y'all gonna be raping them. And it's like right. they think that's enough. Like Mm-mm. we don't need to talk about consent. You know, this is the first time a lot of these people been away from home. 
correct you know a lot of these people they their parents don't talk about these things right and, they've been sheltered yeah so uh it's you know and and the, the, the audacity and this is what happens when you think there has to be two sides to everything mm-hmm. the audacity of these motherfuckers that come out to a march where they're like hey we want to talk about women not being raped and how it's wrong and you come out with dildos and fucking you know try to abduct somebody even if it was a fucking joke to even try to do it right it's so fucked up like it's just you know yeah and then it was like you know what fuck all y'all we're just banning y'all motherfuckers from campus because y'all don't know how to behave yourselves no more parties no more nothing it's the only thing you stupid young motherfuckers will even recognize and understand uh leaked frat minutes reveal shocking discussions of rape threats sexual harassment transphobia and hazing um yeah they took the minutes from meetings that the frat had oh and someone wrote this shit down <laughs> who was that person that's how stupid they are who was that person yes at twelve twenty-five, uh her pants was pulled down twelve twenty-six. he inserted you know well it wasn't that it wasn't an exact like this is what we did okay but it's you know at a meeting you're like here's we're gonna do a party we're gonna do that and someone just left all this shit in maybe they thought it was funny and they could go back and look at the minutes and go ha 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 remember you said this mikey now i realized it was official documentation edinburgh's alpha sigma colony of the delta kappa epsilon fraternity joked about raping the edinburgh university feminist society proposed uh proposed a raping trip to montenegro and made lewd comments about a female student union official not requiring a strap-on to commit penetrative rape according to the minutes of the fraternity's meetings at least one of the meetings took place on university property the roommate i mean the room was booked by the ex-president for the fabricated purpose of hosting a mandarin study group the revelations come less than a week after Edinburgh's DKE colony was officially chartered by the American organization. So they were basically cut off. The minutes whose authenticity has been confirmed, uh, detail the contents of several DKE AS chapter meetings, uh, held between September 23rd, uh, September 2013 and May 2014. The members joked or made comments about rape in several meetings during this period. Uh, on March 4th, they discussed feminist as a full agenda item. Why? What they got to do with the, the party, uh, the mixer going next week? Oh, right. Well, well, how did this what even What they got to do with the party arrangement? What they got to do with who buying beer next week? Yeah. How did this even become a thing? Feminists are on the agenda. Uh, the other two agenda items were matters for the e-board and any other business. According to the minutes, during discussion of the feminist agenda item, a member of the fraternity suggested organizing a game of paintball between the fraternity and the feminist uh, on-campus group to calm the waters. When the ex-president vetoed the proposal, the proposal responded, how are we going to rape them? And then someone, of course, wrote that down. A second member then said, let's go to Montenegro for a raping trip. A member of the fraternity also joked that a female EUSA official had raped his friend Palm Beach, uh, raped his friend in Palm Beach, Florida. Another member responded, she didn't need a strap on. At the same meeting, members brought up Femsock's point about transgenders. Uh, the point is not specified. The minutes rec- record, record that followed the, following this discussion, uh, the members decided that trans people agreed to be pedantic 
the meeting was adjourned and following discussion of a planned trip to a whiskey distillery um y- you really need meetings for this shit hey man let's go get drunk well we gotta go to the meeting first and you gotta that, write the minutes get that ratified in the constitution <laughs> right can't just be going to get drunk at the right. distillery you know you can't do no yingling without a, uh, approval Following the planning of a clay pigeon shoot and charity event at an earlier meeting on twenty on the twenty fourth of February February twenty fourth, I mean, why am I reading anything wrong today? February two thousand fourteen. During an any other business agenda item, articles against feminists were discussed in the student and the tab. The members <laughs> reasoned that supposed anti-feminist sentiments in these articles were representative of views held by the wider university community and therefore were views that should be adopted by the fraternity. Minutes, the minutes do not specify which articles in the student and the tab the discussion was a reference to. So they were like, hey, here's an article that's against feminists and it's in these things. We should probably like make this some bylaws or something to do with the fraternity in general. Like, why did y'all decide your enemy was feminist in general? Just feminist. That is one of the dumbest fucking arguments I've ever heard. Because let's be honest, feminist main core point is women are equal to men. Correct. Why the fuck would this be threatening to anyone? It's like being against people for who want racial racial equality. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing to me. They just want gender equality and you have a problem with that. Right, because like you're a, you're only a bad guy. If, if if there was a movie and it was based on like you know uh who's the bad guy, who's the good guy here, all you motherfuckers that are just against the idea of feminism are bad guys. You're bad people. And there's no positive way to spin that shit. Oh no, no, we're just against them wanting equality. I mean, fuck them bitches. That's the problem. Right. And a lot of times, like I said, I look at it the same way. I look at racism. It's just one of those things like, how dare you come over here and want the same shit we do? Or either they feel threatened because giving you more power means we have less. No, it doesn't, motherfucker. Your power structure will not change at all. They also wanted to start a service that uh, they discussed planning and rolling out a free service called Phone Deke. Okay? D-K-E is the initials of the frat. So Deke is like, you know short for a member of the frat frat right mm-hmm. so women not not wanting to be walk walking home alone who are unaccompanied following nights out could enlist enlist one of the frat members to walk them home Ooh, according to the source members joked about taking advantage of the women some of them would be intoxicated and vulnerable following a night of alcohol consumption these alleged conversations are not recorded in the minutes right it's like and i guarantee you people talk so why would i want you to take me home Various meetings also discussed the planning of fraternity initiation ceremonies, one of which which involved forced consumption of de- do-it-yourself for a loco, a homemade imitation of the American alcoholic energy drink. Um, so, yeah, they were just overall doing all the stereotypical shit that people joke about with the frats. Um, so. And that's sad because... There are some that don't do this, but a lot of times they all lump together because of these motherfuckers. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they were all just joking and everybody was just joking around. But the thing is, um, you still recorded these minutes. Right. And it's not a joke to the victims. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a joke to somebody on the other side of this. I'm not saying you can't make jokes, but you guys are at your fucking, like, formal business meetings, meetings. doing this shit. There's certain environments where this isn't a comedy club. You know what I mean? Like, this shit is being recorded for people to go through, and yeah, you're gonna look like huge assholes. 
especially when some of the shit you do does harbor that stuff and especially if anyone uh on your campus does get raped by one, by one of your guys or some shit it's gonna always look bad for you now right um let's see what else happened a san francisco man got stabbed by a cat collar uh because he was trying uh, some i think some dude was uh trying to holler at his girlfriend um and so he confronted the guy um and he got stabbed ben schwartz he's 31 he was seriously injured saturday morning while walking home from a gathering with his girlfriend and another friend at the intersection of larkin and ellis streets around 4:45 a.m schwartz asked the man who had been caught catcalling his girlfriend to stop uh daniela Savidra, a friend said that the group had passed the man twice before and that he had catcalled schwartz's girlfriend each time all he said was can you please just stop the man then sort of trailed behind him and that's when he attacked the man stabbed schwartz nine times in the back face neck and arms puncturing the lung Savidra says she said gashes on his arm required about 60 stitches each and that the cuts on his back just missed his spinal cord the suspect hopped into a nearby silver sedan and got away. Police are still searching for him. This is one of the reasons, one, it's so scary for women. Right. That's why they don't say a motherfucking thing. People talk about talk to him. Why? Because the motherfucker might do this to me. Right. Two, this is one of the reasons that a lot of men don't want to come out and say it's scary for us, too. And that's one of the reasons they don't say shit. Right. It is scary. Especially right. if these dudes are in groups. Especially if... If you, you know, when approached by a man, a lot of these dudes are like on some, oh, you motherfucking think you more of a man than me telling me what not to do. Correct. And it's a nightmare for everybody. And I think if any dude can be honest with themselves and say, part of the reason I don't say shit to these people is because I don't want to put myself on the line. Then I think you can understand how scary it would be to be a woman in the same situation. Correct. Because you're, imagine you being stronger than her right. and you're saying it. So what do you think? happens to her mm-hmm. apparently he's a nice dude he's always looking out for people he uh went out of his way to buy a bicycle on the street that he thought was stolen then searched for his rightful owner the owner of freelance photographer for the chronicle had been desperately searching for it when schwartz contacted him i've had friends get their cars broken into smashed in windows stolen laptops stolen cell phone there's nothing i can do a lot of those times schwartz said in february but this way it was easy it was safe it just it got him his bike back just wanted to do somebody a solid for once he definitely sticks up for women for anyone, really, Savidra said. If you're his friend and you're his friend for life, uh, I've watched him just support many friends through many hard times. He's just so kind-hearted. You can see that in everything he does. Swartz, who lives in the Tenderloin, is an advertising student at the Art Institute of California and a ser- server at Crustacean on Knob Hill. He has been released from the hospital, but is still recovering and in a lot of pain. It's really hard to see how hard he's worked to be in school and have it all crash down suddenly. He was so close to finishing school. He was doing amazing. I'm not sure what he know, when he knows he'll get back to school or work right now. Uh, they did set up a GoFundMe page and a bid to support him. Um, she said she hopes the man who attacked him will be brought to justice and removed from the streets. Uh, street harassment is definitely more dangerous than people think it is, she said. Correct. A point my fiance brought up was, you know, this isn't the first time this man has stabbed someone or acted out in this way. Correct. To be that angry and aggressive and mentally unstable, that's just terrifying to think about. Right. Yep. So they did get, uh, $30,866, uh, 
Uh, they wanted twenty five thousand, so at least he got some of that. But right. if he was a server and a student, I hope he was on Obamacare because you know he ain't got good insurance. You know he don't. Not through your job. You they know? don't even offer that. They and I'm not even gonna go on a tangent, but I think all jobs should offer insurance. I don't give a fuck of who you are. If you work there and you work at least half, what is it, forty hours? What's that? Mm-hmm. Forty, twenty hours 20. a week. You should be able to qualify for some type of fucking health care. Well, speaking of uh, jobs that treat people like shit, Gibson is not just a great American guitar company. It's also a hard place to work. Run by a CEO notorious for micromanagement and a general bad temper. Would you like a day off for the holidays? No. Gibson CEO, Henry Jeskowitz. I hope I pronounced that right. Where, Where does Gibson even run? Gibson? It's an American guitar company. Oh, okay, they make guitars, okay. Yeah, he became something of a right-wing darling a few years back after he managed to insinuate that a federal raid on his company for illegally important Indian hardwood was motivated by his own political beliefs rather than, you know, the company's importation of Indian hardwood, which is illegal. <laughs> right. Over the years, breaking the law. Right. Over the years, rumors of Jeskiewicz's, uh unpleasantness as a boss have occasionally come our way the website Glassdoor, where workers can anonymously write reviews of their employers is full of gibson employees railing about the company's poor ownership micromanagement from the top and gripes about senior management and the ceo in particular they actually get a thrill from firing people they actually want you to fail i've never seen anything like it goes one representative example says another all of this stems from the ceo and his manic psychotic neurotic management style he has to sign off on everything, new hires, transfers within the company, promotions, raises, budgets, any funding for new parts or machines. Uh, so they got an email that says, uh, regarding personal Thanksgiving approval requests, no, capital N-O, by itself at first. <laughs> then two spaces. I do not allow leaders to be absent the day before and after the holiday. I had asked Tom to make it clear, but apparently people have not understood or the communication was not clear. You cannot take long weekends or long holidays unless you are, there are special circumstances. You are leaders and these are work days. During work, or our leaders need to be there during, the, during their jobs. Taking time off when people cannot do so or causing insufficient staff working uh, during working periods shows a lack of responsibility and consideration for all that depend on our business and be, to be there for them. And before you. Who's depending on a fucking guitar to be there 24-7? But go ahead, I'm sorry. Right. And. You know those emergency guitars that you just need? Oh man, the day before Thanksgiving, I couldn't find a guitar anywhere! Oh! I'm so mad! I went shopping around, my str- my string broke, and I, god damn it, I just couldn't find one. I'm the honky tonk man! I can't do my act without a guitar! <laughs> go ahead, Karen, I'm sorry. <laughs> know what pisses me the motherfucking off about people who make these rules and regulations and tell motherfuckers no are you gonna be there are you are you you gonna be with your family right i don't care if your lonely scrooge mcduck ass is there i don't fucking matter that has shit to do with me right. put it in the motherfucking bylaws put tell me when you are when i'm applying for the motherfucking job. job tell me hey we don't allow vacation we got it there in the system it says you can take it you can't take it and if it's a holiday you definitely can't take it Good. Fuck you and keep this job. Wow. I'd rather just be homeless. I don't need to do this job. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just fucking... Like, they always do this shit on the back end. You a, know? Lot, a lot of jobs do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't tell they you... Already, 
They already do it past regressive to most people anyway. Yeah, they do. A lot of people listening to this right now, like, I should be off Monday, but my boss is kind of acting crazy. I should have been off Friday, but right. I should, you know, you know, and I, and Roderick had to get me to the point. I'm not even going to lie. I used to be one of them crazy motherfuckers because I was crazy when it came to that because it was one of the things where, well, I just had to be there. Roger could see me go to work sick and all kinds of conditions, but now I'm like, fuck it. I request my time off. I request my time off in advance uh guess what the work will be there guess what's ain't gonna stop the work guess what you're not that motherfucking special and that's the thing people think that they're their jobs put like this your job should not define who you are and in america we let jobs define who we are and that's why when people lose their motherfucking jobs they lose their goddamn minds because they let their job define who they are you are an individual before you got that job and you will be individual once you leave that job and once that job fires you i have gotten to the point in my life where i realize jobs don't give a motherfucking fuck about you they do not care about your time they do not care about your overtime they do not care about your dedication they do not care about how much money you saved or made them they do not care at the end of the day you you are a a product for them to do what they want to do with and a lot of times they trick you when they have like all these show suit events and give you all these gift cards and shit like that motherfucker they're tax breaks so at the end of the day they're still benefiting and i guarantee you that you paid for this in the first place somewhere in in, in your money you're paying for this shit you're not gonna trick me right and you gave me a fucking job with a salary and a certain amount of vacation how the fuck you gonna make me feel guilty for taking what is fucking owed to me? Right. I don't feel guilty when I pick up my motherfucking check. Nope. And you don't feel guilty when you make money off of me. Right. When you sell a guitar, you don't come by my house, you don't hug me. When you see me down at the check cashing spot, you get your motherfucking money. You just keep on stepping. So why are we even pretending that this shit is the same, dog? It's really not. Right. And and, and like I said, once I came to that conclusion that most people's place of business, no matter how friendly they are, no matter how nice they are, no matter how much they smile in your motherfucking face, will turn around and give you your pink slip at the drop of a motherfucking dime. Take your time off if you have it. Take your PTO time off if you have it. Don't fucking cash your time in and be like, well, no. Take your black ass home, white ass whoever. Take your ass home and spend time with your family family and friends because you know what you can't replace miss birthdays you know what you can't replace miss softball games you know what you can't replace graduations you know what you can't replace uh, uh, uh funerals and shit like that that you've missed of a motherfucking job that does not care about you and that's what i'm I, once i came to the understanding life became easier you're not stressing me out you're not making me feel bad for taking something that i have earned i've earned my pto time i've earned my pay time off so i'm gonna motherfucking take it and then they have no time to ask me why who gives a fuck what i'm gonna do i don't care if i sit at home and watch the the the, the stars in my motherfucking ceiling I, my motherfucking ass ain't there and you can function without me you function before i came and you will function when i leave and yeah. so that's something that i had got to be draining in my head because american jobs we work the more hours than any other country and we leave more paid time off on the table than any other country so many people lose their paid time off for what for a goddamn job that does not give two fucks about you right it's a it's amazing so anyway this asshole goes on to say henceforth vacations must be taken for a minimum of one week and must be scheduled well in advance i will expect vacation a vacation calendar for my direct reports for an entire year see this is how they get you because your ass don't know what you're going to be doing six months from now right vacation wise and who knows what the plan is so now i have to plan 
these unsatisfying vacations around this shit not to mention a lot of times um the not everyone operates this way he like he's speaking from a place of privilege where he has money and he has a certain type of personality where he's like i like to plan my things well in advance i'm going to take a week off in june and i'm going to take my family to the beach and this is what i always do well not all of us operate like that asshole some of us have a different type of personality where i personally prefer my vacation to be mental health days where i'm like oh let me just take three days off two weeks from now because I fucking feel like it. Right. I'm not going nowhere. Nope. I don't need a special event. Mm-mm. I'm not even planning on spending money and I don't need to lie to your ass either. It's right. my day. Right. It's mine. You know what I mean? So to, it's, it's amazing because the thing that they're relying on and it's mostly true is that they know Americans are living check to check. Right. They know you can't go anywhere and they know you're scared of them because they control your future. They can fire you. They can say, they can claim that it's with cause, without, with cause. They can do stuff like deny your unemployment. They know they have you by the balls and they're going, or the lips. Um, you know, whatever ladies. Um, they know that they have you by the genitals and they're going to sit up there and be like, Oh, call my bluff. Call my bluff. Like of all the things I really, uh, regret about you know uh when i was working was the jobs that i had where well, when i was working for other people not you guys and karen um the jobs i had where my bosses didn't appreciate me are the ones that i really well i felt disrespected as a human being like i definitely will never forget that feeling you know what i mean like as long as i live even if i have to go back to it i will never be treated like that again it's it's not worth it it's really not and some of this was just learning to have uh faith in myself and to learn my own value a lot of that was from you guys a lot of that was from karen um but uh, you know and i hope that what we do can at least give y'all some of that feeling too you know that they don't get to treat you like a fucking slave you you have rights too as a human being the same as they do and just because they make more money than you or they have a higher position in the company than you doesn't mean that they're right when they come to how when it comes to how they treat you so, you know, I'm not saying be crazy, go in there and slap your boss in the face. I'm just saying make plans to get the fuck out of that situation as fast as you can because some other motherfucker needs to be there getting disrespected. It doesn't have to be you. Correct. You know, and, there's and some places you can work where they do respect you. There is. There really is. They're far and few, but there is. And, and, and the thing about it is that especially for me, uh, and not to get off topic, but this is one reason why uh, I push for unions because the unions protect a lot of people from a lot of the bullshit that companies give individuals. I mean, the company, when companies fight against individuals. Yeah, it's unfortunate though because unions can be corrupt as fuck. I've dealt yes, with corrupt can. unions. I've dealt with unions where it was so out of control that you couldn't get shit done because it was like, I don't got to do that. So I ain't doing it. I've dealt with it. Um, and it sucks, but the fact is they are an equal and opposite retaliation to the fact that there's an abusive workspace Correct. before this. So it's like they become a necessary evil and it's only because motherfuckers can't just go, you know what? Mm, thinking about it, I shouldn't be a dick about this. Like I, I want to finish reading this letter if it's okay, Karen, cause, cause we do need to move on at some point. No problem. Um, but here's the other shit he says, right? Cause, cause so, so fucked up to me. Vacation must be, you know, mapped out for a whole year, right? Got to be a, a week, a whole week. Can't take two days off, three days off. I will turn down all requests for long weekends and for periods of less than five contiguous days without special circumstances. 
So I can't take a fucking week off of work? I, no, you can only take five days in a row off of work. Oh, so I can't take like a Monday off right. or a Wednesday nope, off? Nope. I also do not believe it is appropriate for a request of this kind to be shared with others. This suggests where you're coming from, employee name. Uh, I also, this suggests where you're coming from. I also do not appreciate being lied to about being ill so you can game the system to get what you want. Uh, employee name. As soon as I return from my travels, I will schedule a private conversation about this. What? So if you say, Hey man, I'm sick so that I can take Monday off, he'll, he'll, he'll also, that's not okay. But legally you can. Mm hmm. I have counted on the personal integrity of people working with me and have refrained from putting in place a rigorous oversight system. I have asked for our, our HR department to oversee this activity on a spot basis, which they have not followed through on. The result is I'm seeing continued decline in decorum, deterioration in discipline in terms of appropriate attire, coming and going on time and other issues that do not belong in a professional situation with executives that are supposed to be examples of appropriate behavior. It is not all right to leave early Friday afternoon or arrive late on Monday morning. It is not all right to take extended lunches. The list of unprofessional behavior goes on. We will be implementing HR policies that were developed at Phillips and we will, uh, have, and we have appointed, uh, some person as our global head of human resources. These new policies will be, uh, promulgated at, throughout our group of companies and these will be enforced strongly. I will take the time to review these new policies with the people that report to me directly. I will schedule a private meeting with you, employee name, Henry, and he puts his name. And the, the, the most, um, uh, fucked up part about that is that the reason why you're having these problems is because of your goddamn ridiculous rules and regulations. So people are like, fucking, I'm going to take the motherfucking time off regardless, and there's not really nothing you can do about it. He did get a response from his PR person that said the headline does not truthfully reflect the email which was in the body of the article. That email was accurate but does not reflect the context of the situation. Word. Our, our company offers generous vacation and sick days. Our concern is that these days are scheduled respecting what is happening at the company and that the people that might be impacted. This executive had previously requested a day that I felt would potentially be disruptive. And that request was denied by myself. That executive then emailed me that they were sick and they were absent on the day that they had been denied. When asked for the some proof of illness, they admitted they were not sick and had misled me. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I read the email, the entire system of your company's vacation and the shadow rules that I guarantee aren't in any employee handbook. Right. Which is why your HR department won't enforce that shit because it's probably illegal. Correct. They're fucked up. So that's what happens when you force people into a corner. It's like, you're not going to give it to me? I'll fuck it. I will take the time off and risk my job. You, you fucking fire me shit, fire me. From reading the response, I read. I was like, this person probably lied and took a day off. Right. We Everyone has done it except you asshole because you're rich enough to be like, company's closed today. This executive has used general's vacation policy to take great many Mondays and Fridays and days before at the holidays off consistent, uh, short weeks, leaving the employees that work for him without leadership and showing insensitivity for the people that work for them and come into work. The company, the people copied on this email were top executives and this was only addressed to our top company leadership. And they this, didn't think it was going to get out. This unnamed executive never asked to discuss our policy, my concerns, or had made any attempt to communicate with me. It was clearly inappropriate to copy 20 other executives when they requested a day off. This clearly sends a message of an agenda on their part. Henry, fuck you, Henry. Yeah, because it's like, um, do y'all 
really want people to know about this shit because people won't work here fucking weird ass loser asshole right henry gibson yeah let me put this picture this motherfucker on here standing with slash and shit yeah i'm so rock and roll man you're a rock and roll company you make fucking guitars and you're a fucking stickler about can somebody get the day off of work you piece of right. shit do you know how, how high and drunk and shit guitar people be how many days they don't show in the work come on yeah dog. yeah you're so rock and roll you fucking uh you slave driver asshole um all right man let's play our games um no fucking with black people obviously um, so let's just get to guess the race. Now that is time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guess the race time. Now that is time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guess the race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show going across all the podcast land. We read and play news articles from all over the globe, and we ask our contestants today, the chat room, to guess the race. And the chat room is racist. All right, you racist sons of bitches, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Um, Let's see, how about this one? Uh, Wait, is this Guess the Race? What the fuck is this? Oh, I accidentally clicked on fucking with black people. I was like, hold up. All these is easy. It's white. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's, <laughs> let's get the guest to race. Um, here we go. Uh, New Hampshire. Mm hmm. A woman is charged with assaulting her boyfriend over a Monopoly game. Oh shit. You know what, man? Monopoly is for assholes. Okay. Anybody that tells you different is a damn lie. <laughs> Monopoly, one of them games, you might as well plan to pay all night long. Anybody you know that is good at Monopoly might as well be fucking, uh, Donald Sterling. Okay. Because <laughs> they're beating everybody. A slum owner. Uh, game of Monopoly ended with a young woman under arrest in New Hampshire. I'm on her side. Hooks and police say they were called to a home on Post Road, uh, for domestic disturbance. Alyssa Ferraro, 21, says she got into an argument with her boyfriend over a game of Monopoly and open hand slapped him in the face. The boyfriend was not seriously hurt, but his bitch ass called the police anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I would have too. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> uh, but Ferraro was arrested and charged domestic violence related simple assault. She was arrest- released on $2,000 bail. Now, my question is this. Which one happened? Was it she was being an asshole and he started arguing and then she slapped him? Or was it he was being an asshole, she brought it up and then she slapped him? What do you think? the second one probably yeah i think he was being an asshole and i'm sorry i don't care about domestic violence in this case i'm on the woman's side <laughs> uh if you're an asshole of monopoly you deserve to get slapped uh guess the race chat room since karen hadn't asked yet white says sparger guitar center white uh the trick is finding out your biggest comp- no okay that's not a guess white says sparger whoever got the phone first the other one's going to jail okay that's not a race play the game White says, <laughs> says colleague, <laughs> whiter than the New England cam chowder and mozzarella cheese, pale face, the Sterlings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Sterlings. That's great. That's just basically white. There are no black people there. Clam chowder white, white as the snow, ice skate owner white, rehab white. The correct answer is white. white. That's what she looked like in the chat room. See, don't she look like somebody took Baltic ass from her? Like, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't your fault, girl. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit. He probably cheating on you too. If he good at Monopoly, he cheating on you. <laughs> That's my love advice for the week. So, ladies, 
if your man's good at monopoly leave his ass okay he's unscrupulous you got to turn and backstab your friends and family to win monopoly only a terrible person could be good at that game oh lord i'm serious i don't i would never date somebody that was good at monopoly um all right woodside a woodside man is accused of masturbating in a flight and escorted off of the lax bound virgin america plane more like slut america right it's probably slut america now there's a virgin before he got on there all right let's play the article it's an odd story mid-flight. A Virgin America jet made an unexpected landing because of a Bay Area passenger. The flight was going from Boston to Los Angeles, but the pilot landed the plane in Omaha, Nebraska instead. In this video shot by another passenger, you can see emergency responders escorting Doug Adams off of the plane in handcuffs. Omaha police say Adams lives on the peninsula in Woodside. He was arrested after what's being described as a psychiatric episode. Adams reportedly touched himself inappropriately, became unruly, and at one point tried to open the emergency exits. Damn. Oh, my. Now, what do you have to uh, open an emergency exit for? Who knows? You know, like, I was just jacking too hard. I got to get out of here. I need some air. Uh, guess the race chat room. Of... Some explosive sperm. Right. He was, he was having a good old time. Uh, diddling himself diddling 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 himself yep um what was this dude's name again um doug something later now i can't find his name uh why can't i oh doug adams doug adams is his name all right let's check the chat room see his neck race white man who needs to learn impulse control (laughs) mass shooter american white oh (laughs) mass shooter american that's marcus only white folks can afford to fly from coast to coast. <laughs> oh my. Uh, our founding father's great great nephew, white privilege, American psycho white, white like the cocoa that made Buster Rhymes fall off stage. Oh. He, he didn't want them to, yeah, you didn't see that, Karen? Mm-mm. Yeah, he fell off stage. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was about to fall and break his neck, nigga. Break your neck. Um, <laughs> apparently he almost did. Yeah uh uh he didn't want them to see the ghetto gaggers point on his phone white white oh. black guys have sense enough to only jack off on buses uh one who wanted yeah. to join the one who wanted to join the mile high club even if alone whiter than the semen oh. <laughs> white is the nut he busted black baby collector white oppressor white supremacist the correct answer is white, white. he is a white man I don't have his picture. It was just in the, uh, what you call him. So, uh, let's do another one. Um, let's see. Um, uh, um, all right. Here's one. Uh, New Hampshire, man. Damn. What's going on in New Hampshire today? Mm -hmm. Uh, faces burglary charges, uh, and cruelty to animals and simple assault after he broke into his neighbor's apartment uh to strangle oreo the shih tzu which is a dog mm-hmm. uh because he was tired of the dog shit karen <laughs> they're, they're cute dogs yeah well apparently he didn't think so apparently so they're little small dogs yeah let me see if i can play this article 
Um, a Portsmouth man is accused of choking his neighbor's dog because it was barking too much, he said. Officers say this morning the suspect forced his way into his neighbor's home in an attempt to hurt the little dog named Oreo. Police say Roger Pelletier attempted to strangle the Shih Tzu. The dog's owner tried to get Pelletier to stop. Police were then called. Police say the dog bit Pelletier several times. The dog was taken to the vet just to get checked out. And Pelletier, meanwhile, is facing animal cruelty, burglary, and assault charges. Damn, he didn't even kill that little ass dog, so he lost. He got bit. What a punk well, ass yeah, dude. dog tore his ass up. So guess the race, uh, Roger Pelletier, uh, dog choker. Um... I mean, I know it's annoying when you have an apartment and a dog is making a lot of noise, but I mean, if you do break in someone's house, I mean, kill the dog is what I'm saying. Like, right. You don't go through all that yeah, trouble. Don't go out like a little punk, man. Calvin Candy says, Hollywoods, white people stay treating animals like humans, even with domestic violence. Oh, uh, he screams at blacks at, to stop riding and get jobs, but can't stand the dogs howling unless it's a dog. He's mounting white. Oh, this dog is invading to my right on my right to be quiet. White, white, one who hates chocolate cookie Oreos because they're black. Cruella DeVille's spawn can't choke a dog. Just his children. White choke that dog like oppression chokes the humanity out of the black community. Social commentary. White. Oh, <laughs> super villain. The anti Betty white. I am Darren Wilson supporter. White. One who thinks the dog was Hulk Hogan. And ha! <laughs> That's Jeremy and white. Uh, the correct answer is white. And I'll put his picture in the chat. And he just looked like a fucking dog choker. Like he choked the shit out of a dog. Like he just looks at dogs at the park. Like I wish I, I wish your owner wasn't here. I choked the fuck out of your ass. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the bonus round. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. It's double the points, double the race for Guess the Race. So far, everybody's three for three. Let's see if y'all can keep it going, though. All right. Um, Here we go. Uh... Did we talk about the father who beat up a pimp? Did we talk about him with the baseball bat? No. Yeah, we did because they said Batman. Call him Batman. Okay. His 12-year-old daughter was forced to be a prostitute. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's do another one. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's do this one. People in these fucking guns. When are y'all going to learn? Okay. I don't know who listening to our show that owns a gun, but it's not a toy, all right? It's definitely not a toy. Police identify a woman fatally shot by a three-year-old son in a horrible, horrible accident. Oh. Yeah, which means your three-year-old son had to have access to a gun. Which probably wasn't locked up. This afternoon about... Oh, no, this is just a press conference. Uh, A woman was fatally shot by her three-year-old son Monday... In a horrible, horrible accident, the shooting was reported at a house in East Avenue about 4.30 p.m. Krista Ingalls, 26, was in critical condition with a gunshot wound to the head when she was taken to uh, taken by ambulance. Sergeant Dave Walker confirmed Monday evening after Ingalls' husband had been notified that she was pronounced dead. 
at the hospital at 5 38 p.m ingles lived with her husband two children and her mother and was home and was home with the children when the three-year-old boy shot her in the head with a semi-automatic handgun Ooh, uh. the, the grandmother arrived home and found the victim along with the children inside the house the victim was found in front in the front room of the house as if she was changing a one-year-old's diaper the old the older child tried to leave the home before the grandmother arrived in an interview with the child specialist uh the boy confirmed that what the evidence led investigators to assume we think this is a horrible horrible accident police wanted it for ingle's husband who was a truck driver to return home before releasing the news that she had died what is this don't 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 do this why why are things just playing <laughs> i didn't even click on that all right um the neighbors family co-worker the church family quickly gathered around this family in support of them in this terrible time walker said um guess the race of uh krista ingles who was shot by a three-year-old who had access to a gun somehow in their house uh let's see white baby's first word was mama's first name <laughs> kid lives to talk about it white baby mama american black family still going to keep guns white says parger uh people running okay um let's see tara letting letty may is killing killing letty may instead of her husband nra will pay for the funeral white her husband was a truck driver actually was coming home white her son was born with an nra card white don't johnny don't touch that white she died proud of the boy for exercising his second amendment rights i guess that's white black rock white is the folks shoveling snow at the lambeau field light little house on the prairie white over my dead body white his next wife will not will know not to turn her back on the baby white the correct answer is white Mm -hmm. a couple of you guys uh still managed to miss that somehow which is beyond me i mean right? that's such a white crime <laughs> let me uh go find her picture for everybody um uh it's probably a picture of her with the baby before it killed her you know um back when possibility back when we were first born yeah, yeah back when you could trust it before it grew up into a three-year-old monster a mama killing monster i just feel bad too for that kid because like right because it's who wants to live with that on your head for the rest of your life is you killed your mama you know right. what i mean and the child is three so the child might not even remember and i don't even blame the kid it's fucking the parents fault stop putting these fucking guns around your kid man and not locking them up yeah you just let your kid fucking play with a gun like what situation would a gun need to be out and around a three-year-old because the other situation could be you killed the three-year-old or some one of his siblings or something. What if he accidentally killed somebody else? All right, outside you know? of the family. Best case scenario is he kills you. That's crazy, man. Uh-uh. And you don't <sighs> want that either, right? I don't understand people, man. Remember that the, the like nine-year-old had an Uzi and accidentally killed her instructor. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck is a nine-year-old doing an Uzi off an of automatic dog? What are we doing? What situation is a nine-year-old going to be in when she needs a Uzi? Yep, and an instructor also for not, I mean, this is your whole job is gun safety. Right. This is, this is amazing. People are fucking amazing, their love for these guns. And I, I'll never understand. I hope to never understand that shit. Well, I'm like, I need to get my gun around my three-year-old. That's my right. Nope. 
um uh here's the last story it's about a cannibal hostel for homeless people and some ex-offenders is now a crime scene keris yem was a young woman with her whole life ahead of her but the shop assistant who lived locally was killed in the most horrifying way described as an act of cannibalism she had met 34-year-old fitness fanatic Matthew Williams through friends. He was a man with a violent past. Responding to reports of a disturbance, a single female police officer was the first to arrive here in the early hours of yesterday morning. What she saw was traumatic. Along with fellow officers who attended the scene, she's been offered counselling. Angelina Cossi lives across the road to the hostel. She was woken at four in the morning by the sound of police sirens and ambulances. I am physically and mentally sick. I cannot, I despair. I, I just cannot believe that anything like this could happen anywhere, let alone here. The police watchdog, the IPCC, is now investigating the circumstances around Matthew Williams's death following the use of a taser. The murder investigation is continuing today. Officers and crime scene investigators will remain at the scene. And just to reassure the community, I can confirm that we are not um, wanting to speak to any other individual connected with this incident. Matthew Williams had been living in this hostel after being released from prison a few months ago. He'd served almost half of a five-year sentence after being convicted of assaulting a former girlfriend. Tonight, questions are being asked about why a man with such a violent past was living in this residential community. Sean Lloyd, BBC News, Argoid. Yep. So she fell in love with a man from a hostel. He was hostile, all right. Yeah, he was. Um, and hungry, apparently. He ate her. What? How How upset do you have to be to eat a person? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to eat this bitch. I don't like her at all. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to eat the pussy and everything else, huh? Right. I mean, a lot of women on Twitter talk about they want to get ate all the time. And I mean, I guess, but. Not like that. It's too much for me. Uh, OC, original colonizer, going off them bath salts. White, they tased him. <laughs> that's from Kali. Yeah, that, I, I guess that's a good point. You, you kill somebody and eat them and, uh, you just get a taser. Um, he, he had a violent past, but got immediately trusted because of his white skin and proper British accent. Oh, you trying to say that white privilege is a thing? Cause you know that don't exist. I read an article about it. <laughs> the comment section. The other white meat tastes like chicken white and white. Hannibal Lecter's son, white, big lurch. The correct answer is white. He was white. Um, I don't, I'm not putting this picture in there, but trust us, he was white. I mean, you, you guys knew. Um, all right. And before we close, I actually forgot we skipped a segment today, Karen. Uh, we didn't talk about, uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. This well, it's not your fault. It's really my fault. Um, let me see if I can find some Cosby music. Oh wait, no. Nah, let me see if I can find some. No, what? That is not the Cosby show at all. What's this?
all right pick a number one through 20 karen let's do 10 10 4 7 8 9 10 uh 10 uh bill cosby controversy is uh oh wait no this one's way too fucking long it's a decade in the making but it basically goes through the whole timeline let me save this one for for later because i do want to read it let me pick a the one closest to 10 what do we say uh let's do 11 then uh nbc employee uh frank scotty claims bill cosby paid off women and invited young models to dressing room as he stood guard he uh said he delivered thousands of thousands of dollars to eight different women in 1989-1990 including sean thompson whose daughter autumn jackson claimed the actor was her dad the ex-aide also tells the Daily News he stood guard whenever Kazi invited young models to his dressing room, which eventually led to him quitting after years on the job. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if we can play this. My name is Frank Scotty. I worked for NBC for many years. I met Mr. Cosby when I had a coffee shop in Greenwich Village. He came in, he just read every day, and he, he didn't have any money, so I gave him cappuccini, which is the coffee that he loves. When I left him, he, I left him because I was upset about the women that he was, you know, again, he would just tell me to keep the woman in there, don't go, don't let anybody in, and it's very obvious what was going on, to me anyway. So I, I mm. so this is not the first time, he's done it several. He, uh, he contacted, he gave me information regarding a woman who is the owner of the modeling agency. And he said, anytime she calls, you do whatever she wants. Reserve the seats and then bring them back into my dressing room. When the models used to come, he said, get rid of everybody and leave that one there. You know, I was keeping a woman for him, you know. So that's what pimps do, I guess. Again, I, again, it's suspicion. It's suspicious about it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't see it happen, you know. And uh, then later he told me that he had a, a, another, say, 16-year-old girl with 17, whatever. And he says, she doesn't have any money. See if you can get, get an apartment for her. So he says, you know who you call? Donald Trump's brother. I got the name in there, and I called him up. He had an apartment for us in Queens. And I went, I called the prop department. I called uh, to get the furniture. And we rented it. And we rented the furniture, you know, the, from the prop department. And that's where she, where he would take her, I guess. What I want to talk about? Talk about the, the money orders that I have that I had to send to women all over the United States and Europe. I was paying her $2,000. I had to go to five different banks because you couldn't make a money order for less than $50. You couldn't go beyond that. So mm -hmm. I had to go to five banks to get the $2,000 and then send it forwarded to him. It's four or five different checks, you know, to reach the $2,000. And that, again, why would I be sending some woman $2,000? Suspicious. Giving money to people made me very suspicious because I don't know what it was for, but why would he do that? He kept the money orders too. Damn. They could have been friends, you know. But the only one I suspected then was the one with the daughter. 
when I knew that I was paying her $2,000 a month, I knew then that maybe the other people had the same situation with them. So when I told him I was going to quit, he says, you'll never leave me because you love me. So I says, I went home and when I decided what I was going to do, I went back the next day at 12 noon. I used to get there at 6 o'clock in the morning. 12 noon, he finally decided to ask me a question. He said, what are you planning to do? I said, you know, Bill, you're right. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to retire. At that moment, the first thing came out of his mouth was, get, get out of here now. Yes. Now, I opened the place and I closed it. The last person first went in and the last one out. And anything he trusted me with, when he came in with a satchel of money, I just he, I thought he was testing me out because maybe I would steal some of his money. I couldn't do that because I was enjoying my life there. I was enjoying being in that atmosphere. I wanted to be in that atmosphere from day one. So I was angry. I was angry. I never expected that. I expected him to say, Frank, please, and then I would explain to him. I didn't want to tell him what I... Why I was why I wanted to leave, because I don't think it was you know it was uncalled for. Mm. Well, um, um, that wow. tells you a lot. That tells you a lot, though, because if you think about it, even him, a white man in 1967, didn't think, or 1990 or whatever, didn't think I should go to the police with this. Right. Like he just thought you know, it was still too big to be taken down for this. So I'll just take this to my grave. I'll quit rather than, you know, sign up to continue to support this shit. You know, crazy. Um, and why do you hire somebody to stand outside the door and all this shit? You know, um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, uh, last segment, of course, as always, is a little something we like to call sword ratchetness oh yeah and uh someone's reminded me in the chat orlando said didn't we say a couple weeks ago that the payoff dude would come out. Yeah, that was my thing, is that if he involved other people in this, eventually people are going to come out. You know what I would be interested in? What happens if Camille comes out? Like, if she just tries to pull the, I didn't know, and, you know, but I do have all this evidence. Uh-huh. He could never fall out with her, ever. She got, she know where the bodies are buried. He better not say nothing crazy to her. An Indiana man stabbed his brother to death with a samurai sword. Trail Creek police said would call uh, about 1 p.m. Uh, for an argument at a home. While reporting the dispute, a caller yelled that someone had been stabbed. Officers arrived to investigate and found Thomas Arndt, 54, Michigan City, lying in the front yard with stab wounds. Uh, a sword was stuck in the ground nearby, and Arndt was taken to Michigan City Hospital, where he died later from his wounds. Trail City, I mean Trail Creek police identified the suspect bradley m aren't 47 the victim's brother he charged with he was charged with murder and is being held in the county jail on a million dollars bond that's right brothers stabbing brothers over nothing the argument was supposedly over property 
Well, I'll tell you what, you're the property of the state now, you <laughs> fucking stupid motherfucker. All right, man, we'll be back tomorrow, 9 mm-hmm. p.m. Yep. See you guys tomorrow night. Um, until then, go to tweaked audio, tbgwt.com. Use, mm-hmm. I mean, tbgwt, use that code. Uh, until then, love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>